this is going to be just what somebody needed today. I can feel it. And it's a topic we can all relate to. Even if you have conquered clutter in your life, you know it's a fight to stay on top of things because clutter wants to clobber you and keep you from living organized, keep you from living free. Dana's back. Dana White has been with us before, and I want you to hear her story. Her house was a mess, and she had struggled to get it under control for a long time using all the latest organizing methodology, and it just didn't work. So she did the hard work of finding doable, down-to-earth, and sustainable strategies to clobber clutter. Sustainable, I want you to remember that word because it means you can actually do it, not just once, (laughs) but keep doing it. Her book, Organizing for the Rest of Us, is not only our featured resource today, this month only, it's our thank you if you support us with a gift of any size. So you go to the website or call 866-95-FABRY and see how you can receive a copy of Organizing for the Rest of Us. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. I'll give you the uh, information again in just a moment. Lynn is answering calls today. Thank you, Lynn. Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Tricia is our producer in the chair today. Program note for you tomorrow. I hope you'll join us or listen to the podcast at some point. We have several guests who will participate with their perspective on what's happening in Israel. I don't think I've fully grasped the scope of the loss and the violence and all of the ramifications of what has transpired there in the last six days. And there are, there's all this geopolitical and spiritual and prophecy. All of it's wrapped in there, but the, the main thing is the human thing. And we're going to try to process some of that together tomorrow. So hope you'll join us. Where is clutter clobbering you? Is it at home? Is it at work? Is it in your car? Are you driving right now and all of those fast food wrappers are floating around because you got the window? <laughs> Full disclosure, when last we talked with Dana White, I was so excited. I was just, I, I, was, I couldn't contain myself because I told her I was getting a new desk and I was so hopeful that an expansive new desk would help me clobber clutter. And Dana said to me, I kid you not, she said, and I do quote, there is no magic desk. And it took the air out of <laughs> it took the air out of me. But as I sit here today at my relatively new desk, I'm here to report <sighs> Dana was right. It ain't the desk. <laughs> It's a person behind it. All right. Dana White's a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and to her surprise, a decluttering expert. She taught both English and theater arts before leaving her job to make her family her life's work. She uh, gave herself the title Nani for Anonymous at a slob comes clean, and she found out, boy, there's other people who are struggling. Maybe you are as well. Featured resource, our gift, organizing for the rest of us. Go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Dana, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. I always have so much fun with you. Well, we're going to take calls today. So, folks, if you're listening and you've got clutter, I want you to call us. But l- let me let me just spend some time with Dana. Um, that, that whole thing about the desk, you were right. I, I was, and you weren't trying to, uh, you know, pop my balloon, right? I mean, I'm sorry. I wish, I wish there was a magic desk. Like that was, that was actually a big part of my problem is I always thought, okay, there's got to be something to make all of this easier. And I was always looking for that special, cool 
solution. Uh, and a lot of those things that I purchased over the years just became more clutter in my house. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I feel your pain. I really do. I didn't mean to, to burst your bubble. <laughs> no, no, no. And I said that not to make you feel bad, but, but it was yeah. like, you had, it's exactly what you said. I have it in my mind. If I get more and more expansive area, then clutter has to dissipate. And it has, to be honest with you, it has, because I've got two pieces of mail on my desk here and there's some note cards there, but pretty much the rest of it is, is pretty well organized and clean. I won't take a picture and show you, but, um, d- just trust me on it. It's pretty, it's pretty oh, good, pretty organized. Um, but I want you to take us back to when you were in my shoes, when you said, this has got to be tamed. It was really frustrating, wasn't it? Extremely frustrating. It was truly hampering my life. I I was a mom of young kids. We were just talking a minute ago, catching up about how my kids are not young anymore. <laughs> but when I started this, they were young and I had had this vision of what my house was going to be as I brought up my family. And it was not that. It, it was instead a disaster, a consistent reappearing disaster. I would try to get it under control. I would work to uh, you know, I, I would do what I had always done before kids, which was spend a weekend or a week doing nothing but cleaning, you know, which was really just shoving all the excess into one space while I cleaned the rest of it. I would be so excited about my house and then life would go on. It would go right back to being a disaster. Well, once I had kids, then it was impossible to set aside a weekend or a week to do that. Uh, and I just didn't understand why my house was constantly going back into disaster status. And, uh, you know, I started because I wanted to be a writer. And so I started blogging and writing about what I was doing and not doing. I thought it was a practice blog. I did not think this would be the thing I'd still be writing about 14 years later that I would ever write a book about. Uh, but I just was assessing the the impact of the things that I was doing and not doing. And the thing that made the biggest impact was decluttering, getting the stuff out of my house, not finding places to put it like I always thought I needed to do, but just getting rid of things. And as the the, the more stuff that left my house, the easier it was for me to keep my house under control. Hmm. And that that was the thing that mattered the most. So your wound became a place of healing, not only for yourself, but for other people too, right? Absolutely. I did not know that I wasn't the only one. I thought everyone else in the world had this figured out because it didn't seem to be so mind-boggling for them. They seemed to be able to manage things. and But because I was writing on the internet, you know, where we all connect, I found out there were a lot of other people, specifically women who were like, I'm supposed to know this. This is supposed to be easy for me. <laughs> and, and, and they also were mind boggled by this. And so I was able to connect with other people and they watched what I did for the longest time. I said, don't copy me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure this out. Uh, and over time, I finally had to accept that this is what God had for me to write about all along. <laughs> that there was value in me talking about it as the person for whom this stuff does not come naturally. 
Yes. Because exactly. most people who write about this are good at it, right? Like it, they think it's fun. It, that's why they're writing about it because they're like, well, this is fun to talk about. I never wanted to talk about this, but there's value in that, right? Like in, in me writing about it from my perspective of when this is mind boggling to you, this is what actually works. Yes. I think you're so right because I think in some of our previous conversations, I've said this, there are some people with personalities. I'll walk into a colleague's office, you know, and their desk is just as, how in the world do you do that? And then the next office is somebody who, whose desk looks like Einstein's, you know, it's just stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, the, and both get their, they're good at their work, but they, the cluttered person seems to have to work harder than yeah. the person who is decluttered, which is what you found in your own life. So here's what I want to do. And we're going to take your calls. You can uh, call us and let us know. I'd love to send you a copy of Dana's book, Organizing for the Rest of Us, 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any House Under Control. Here's a little secret. We're going to do this in January. And Dana, I thought, I can't remember if this is Trisha or me, so I'll take responsibility. <laughs> I said, um, if we if we give this away in January, it's going to be till you know, to, to turn it around and get it in people's hands, it's going to be February. Let's give it in October so they'll have it for Thanksgiving and Christmas and then move into the new year. Let's do that now. When not everybody in the world and their brother is talking about organizing and getting back to the gym, you know, because that's what we always do in January. So I want to do this now. So if you would like to receive a copy of the book, 866-953-2279, 866-95-FAVORITE, give a gift of any size, or go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. If you give a gift of any size, we'll send you organizing for the rest of us. And you can talk with Dana straight ahead on Moody Radio. Dana K. White is in the house. I'm Chris Fabry. This is Chris Fabry Live. And we are going to help you out today with your clutter problem. If you're being clobbered, you don't have to be anymore. Organizing for the rest of us is our thank you this month. A hundred realistic strategies to keep any house under control. I'll go to your calls in just a moment. 877-548-3675. You deal with everything here from clothing, laundry tips, the living areas, the bathroom area, kitchen area, uh, procrastination, par- paralysis with clutter. But you really begin with the in a place that you wouldn't think, and that is in your mind. You have to have a mindset. So what are you talking about there? Well, when I would look around my house and see that it was a disaster, I would say the words out loud that just came to me, which were, I've got to get organized. I mean, that that was what I assumed. I it made sense logically to look around my house, say, this is disorganized mess. I need to get organized. And so I always had that as my goal. But when I would decide now is the time, I would sit down to make a plan or I would go out and buy a bunch of containers because I thought, well, I've got to get organizing. Well, I mean, I've got to get organized. Well, organizing is problem solving. And I actually came to a point where I was so overwhelmed that I said, I'm not even going to worry about getting organized. I'm just going to declutter. And that was when my house started to change. My house 
the minute I started getting stuff out of the house, which by the way, I didn't need to buy anything to be able to do. I didn't need to sit down and think before I did that. I just needed to get stuff out of the house. But when I started just decluttering, my house started to immediately move toward where I wanted it to be. Because when I decluttered, I knew where things were. I was able to get to them easily. All the things that I had wanted from organizing, I actually achieved from decluttering. And so knowing and shifting your mindset to understand that decluttering and organizing are not the same thing and that decluttering is actually the thing that you need to do to change your home, Hmm. that right there, just understanding that and acting on that will take you so far. Okay. Define clutter then. I define clutter, which I get to do because I write the books, right? I define clutter as anything that consistently gets out of control in your home. If you have a space that is consistently getting out of control, that space has too much stuff in it. And so when I I named all my kids clutter, (laughs) because they're all out of control. And so are my pets. But the stuff, I mean, we all have those spaces, right? It's that that spot in the living room, the, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever space that's constantly getting out of control, go there and say, I need to have less stuff in this space, declutter it. And then if it still consistently gets out of control, well, then it needs even less stuff. So declutter it again and again. And when it gets to the point where it's no longer just defaulting to being disorganized, then you know, okay, I am at the point now where this space is under my clutter threshold. I call that, that's another term that I made up, and it's the point at which you personally only have in your house or in a space what you personally can easily keep under control. So it's different for everyone, but that's how we change how we look at our stuff and our home. Clutter threshold. That is really good. The point at which I give up, when you say I give up, and I've got a point right over here that I continually have to deal with and I continually have to push. And I I think Laura has the same problem as I do in Chicago. Hi, Laura. Go right ahead. Hi. Yeah, a couple questions. Like I have a lot of paper notes I write to myself all the time and I need them as reminders. And they just add up and add up and big pile on um, the desk and on the kitchen counters and stuff. So I was curious about that. And the other thing is, like, how do you carve out time daily um, to declutter? Because to declutter, it seems like if I'm adding that chore to do, it just pushes all my other things that I need to do behind. Yes. So as far as the paper goes with the notes that you are that you have. First of all, my Mm -hmm. first decluttering question is where would I look for this first? Okay. So rather than where do the notes end up, think about when I need a note, where do I look for it first? And then that needs to be the home for the notes. Okay. And then within that home, let's say it's a certain spot on the counter, that space is its designated limit. It's container. Okay. So you might put a note sized container there, a a note sized bin, whatever. Uh, But that spot where you would look first for these notes when you actually need them. and, And then we acknowledge the reality of that space. And when you do that, what happens is letting that, that spot be the limit 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Naturally prioritizes which of those notes actually need to be kept. Okay. Because we can get into a habit of writing things down, but then we never actually go look for it. Right. And so right, if, right. if you're setting this in that spot and this spot has a designated container, that's the limit, then it will help you to realize, wait a minute, this actually doesn't deserve to go in this space. This is something that I could immediately write on the calendar and not have to have a note or something that I could just go ahead and take care of and not put it there because this space is limited, which means I can't just keep all of them. Okay. So that's, and I know that's a really short. Dana, you're just, you're reading our mail. How do you do this? Because I've got the same thing. Laura, I got the same thing. Even during programs, I'll write notes or or write down, you know, quotes of people. And then I put it over on the stack. And there are things there from probably two or three years ago that I've not read. (laughs) And other other things that are hiding underneath that I didn't, and I went through there. So this is, you have asked the main question that I wanted to ask, Laura. Thank you. Well, and you acknowledge that it's, it's a designated space and therefore does this note deserve space there or not? You know, which really mm-hmm. just helps to eliminate the ones that don't actually deserve that. And your You're going to hurt my clutter's feelings though. You I'm know, sorry. I'm sorry. I know. My clutter does not identify <laughs> as clutter. My clutter identifies as something that's important and important right? to me. And it's right? and they're all sentimental. And that works. In, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. But I do want to address your other question as far as the setting aside time. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. you know, if you get the book or if you listen to all the different, I mean, I've t- talked about this on my podcast and on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So it's all out there. But I have a five-step process for decluttering that is progress and only progress and never puts you in a situation where you're worse off than you were before. And when I say that, what I mean is a lot of a lot of us, I thought that to declutter, I had to pull everything out of a space and then, you know, work on sorting and putting back what should be there. Instead, what I do is mm-hmm. I pull one item out at a time using the process. So I start with the trash and then I move on to other things in the process. And because I'm pulling one item out at a time, making a decision about that item, and then acting on that decision, I can declutter in any amount of time available. I don't have to set aside a chunk of time, which means I can look for awkward pauses in my day among the, amongst the time, you know, the other tasks that I'm doing. And whenever mm-hmm. I have an awkward pause, I can tackle a space using the no mess process which means if I have three minutes, I can make progress. If I end up, oh, I actually ended up having 33 minutes. Well, I can make huge progress in that amount of time. So changing the way that you tackle decluttering and just doing it in this way that allows you to make progress and only progress takes care of that time issue that, that so many of us face. Right. Very good. Thank you. Laurie, you know what I'm going to do? Now, if you give a gift of any size, we're going to send you organizing for the rest of us. Because, Laura, you asked my question, and you did it in a way that <laughs> kept me from having to ask it. I want to send you a copy of this. So you hang on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wonderful. You hang on. You don't have to give a gift. You hang on, and Tricia will get your information. Again, the book, Organizing for the Rest of Us. 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any House Under Control by Dana K. White. It's our thank you 
go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Maybe you've never given. I see a number of people who even here today, you've never given. We'll put a star by your name and send you a copy of the book. Thanks for your support, again, of any size. Uh, is email the same way? Is it? Does this work digitally, like on my computer, home screen, as well, or phone? Does it work that way with clutter as well? The process works really for anything, and I. It's funny because I I tend to have the digital clutter for sure. I kind of like it because then I can just search for things and not have to. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't feel like it has the same kind of a limit, but I hear from people all the time who say, I use your decluttering process to tackle my email and it works. You start with the trash, which means, which means I'm just going to look through it and say, what is obvious and it needs to go. Like, I don't have to even think about it. Let me get rid of that first. Well, then it's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit less overwhelming. So next I'm going to go with the easy stuff. What do I already know what to do with? And I'm going to go ahead and do those things. Well, now I've significantly reduced the volume of it. So now it's significantly reducing the feeling of being overwhelmed, right? So I keep moving through the process. So yes, it, it does work as well on on uh, digital clutter. I want to ask you, because I have been paralyzed by email, meaning there's just so much of it there. And I want to ask you about that, but I got to get Bren in here because Bren is from Canton, Ohio. Bren's got a lot of those football cards uh, down in the (laughs) desk somewhere, right, Bren? (laughs) (laughs) Not football though, but yeah, we are the big football area. (laughs) Yes, you sure are. All right. What's your question? Oh, well, I'm a pa- I, I'm actually an English teacher and a theater major, and and I do inreach for our church. And the difficulty I have is, and even with emails, I'm that person where if no one has a copy of it, I've got it. If someone needs something, I have it. So I have difficulty because I think that everything has a purpose, and if I don't know what it is now, then I will know what it will be in the future. So everything has value. <laughs> So when I try to organize, it's like, well, I could use that. And I have so many instances when I take something weird thing that I need. Yeah. I yeah. know exactly I what you're talking about. That is, <laughs> I that do. is it. Okay, go ahead, Dana. So I was a theater teacher as well. And so I completely and totally relate to the fact that as a theater teacher, you can literally use anything. I mean, there will be a time where you could use this item. Uh, So I don't use the usefulness or the value of an item as part of my decluttering process because like you, I see the value in things that nobody else sees the value in, right? And so I couldn't use that because when I looked at my stuff and said, you know, would I ever use this? Is this valuable? You know, whatever. Then the answer was always automatically that I should keep it, right? And so I couldn't do that. Instead, I use my two decluttering questions, which are, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That's my first question that I ask, okay? So if I needed this gray, furry lining of a coat, I don't even have the coat anymore, Okay, and I'm specifically talking about something that I had to deal with in my own home. Okay, but this gray furry lining of a coat that could totally be a mouse costume if it ever needed to be. Okay, (laughs) where would I look first for a gray furry lining of a coat? Okay, and when I 
ask myself that question, I am asking where would I look for it first, not where should it go. I'm asking where would I look for it first? And the first thought that comes to my mind is, well, if I was looking for that, I would look for it in the uh, you know box or boxes labeled Dana's costumes that are in the storage area, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it there right now, and then I'm going to acknowledge that this space where I would look for a mouse costume or the stuff to make a mouse costume out of is a limited space. Okay. It is not my whole house. It is a certain place in my house. And if I keep all of my stuff, then my house is out of control. That was my problem. I was looking at things as, does it have value? Of course it does. I'm going to keep it. But then it was such a mess. I couldn't find things when I needed it. I wasn't able to live the life that we wanted to live as a family because there was stuff everywhere. Right. And so I acknowledge this is a limited space. And if there's no room for this mouse costume, then I have to look in this space and say, okay, what am I willing to get rid of in order to make the space for this mouse costume? And sometimes I see something that I realize, oh, wait, why is that in there? That can go. But sometimes I look at the space and I realize, uh, actually, I, I'm not willing to get rid of anything in here for this mouse costume that's not actually a mouse costume. It's just the start of a mouse costume. And so then I'm going to let it go. And I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't have value. I am saying there's no space. I don't have room. And you know what and, you've just described is you face reality. You have to face reality. And that's really hard, especially when the sentimental comes up. I want to get back to that when we come back. Dana White's with us. Love to send you a copy of Organizing for the Rest of Us. You can find out more about it at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. Pardon me while I take a picture of my office so I can send it to Dana. Dana's in Dallas. I'm in Tucson. We're coming to you from Chicago, and you're where you are, and you have clutter. You have a clutter problem, my guess is, or maybe you've tamed it, and uh, you want to tell us how you did that. Maybe you listened to Dana and her podcast, or you read one of her books. Our thank you this month is her book, Organizing for the Rest of Us, 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any House Under Control. If you call the number 866-95-FABRY or... You go to chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see how you can uh, support us and get the book. And a number of you have already done that. Very small gifts, larger gifts. God bless you, friend. Thank you for jumping in the pool with us here in uh, in October. I want to go back to, you were talking about the mouse costume. What else did you, how did, I, I kind of interrupted you there, uh, Dana. Go no, ahead. No, you're fine. Yeah, no, it, basically, I you said it we're accepting reality. We're accepting the reality of our home and our space. And the other question that I ask, I only ask if I can't answer that first question. So if I look at this mouse costume or this uh, bracelet or whatever, and I ask myself the question, if I needed this, where would I look for it first? And I don't have an answer to that. Then I have to ask myself the question, if I needed a mouse costume, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Because the reality is that when I was overwhelmed with my house and my stuff, 
I had a lot of stuff that I did not know where it was. I would probably just go out and either figure out another way to have a mouse costume or I would order one or I would ask someone, hey, do you have something we can use as a mouse costume? And so the reality was that I needed to get stuff out of my house so I could handle it, so I could control, keep my stuff under control and live the way that we wanted to live as a family. But because I had so much stuff, we weren't able to do that. And so I needed to get stuff out. And so I needed to be realistic and say, if I would never go looking for this item in my house, which I didn't have an answer to that first question. So that means I wouldn't go looking, then I need to let it go. And it's tough because I think our caller had also mentioned that when I do get rid of something, then I'll end up needing it in the future. And so it can feel like, oh no, but that always happens because you're going to remember that you had it, right? (laughs) Even though you wouldn't have remembered if you hadn't been decluttering this space. And I decided that I was going to place the value on this space being manageable for me. Hmm. On this space being decluttered between now and this hypothetical time in the future when I might need a mouse costume. Because the reality was 99 times out of 100, I never needed this item. You never know, though. Danny, you you never know when you might need that mouse. Okay, let's go back to Bryn. Bryn, (laughs) what do you think of that? I think it's great advice, um, and I, I have places at, at, I think, church and places at school and places at home. So I, I think that that idea is definitely going to help me. Um, I had one more question. <laughs> My, I married a, a neat Nick, and I do have spaces that are done. My daughter comes in every year and organizes my whole walk-in closet for me um, in other areas that are in. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, she's great at it and she loves it. And sometimes she gets new clothes, Uh, (laughs) but, (laughs) but it gets messy again. So the joke last night was, how's your closet looking? Because it was done a couple weeks ago. And my husband said to my mom, oh, well, you know, Bren, she's got a couple areas that, you know, are getting a little messy again. And I've, I've laughed, but, you know, sometimes it's hard, too, because I want to please him and I want to keep it neat. And it was organized. I just don't know how it gets unorganized again when it's all color-coded and everything has its place. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's two things there. Uh, we can talk about uh, just the maintenance, and then we can talk about how to keep it from becoming cluttered again. So as far as the clutter goes, uh, you know, once you have decluttered down to the point where it fits well and usably functionally in this space, then that's when the one-in-one-out rule applies. So we have embraced the reality of the space, which means that if something new comes in, in order to maintain that, then something else has to leave, okay? And it doesn't necessarily mean sweater for sweater. It's just space for space, right? So even if you tend to be the type of person who doesn't necessarily think every time you bring something in, oh, then something needs to leave. I'm not that, like, I don't always think of that either. But when I start to realize, oh, it's kind of getting out of control again, oh, I need to get rid of some things. So it's that, it's letting that decluttering be the goal instead of organizing. And when you start to realize it's getting messy again, oh, then things need to leave. The other thing for maintenance though, is the five minute pickup. So especially those who are, who tend to be very creative brained, you know, English theater that you mentioned, uh, 
which is my own perspective. And I, I don't say this as, oh, this is how, like, this is what I have observed from the people who say, yes, my brain works like yours does. We tend to um, not, uh, we tend to resist the mundane, right? Like the day-to-day, oh, every time you, every time you do this, always do this. Well, that, that just doesn't apply to me, right? Like that's, my brain is not going to realize that I randomly set this down instead of hanging it back up. But the five-minute pickup is the way that I combat that, okay? So I can tell myself I wish I was different, but that doesn't actually change my home. But what does change my home is taking five minutes to say, for the next five minutes, literally, I'm going to set my timer and say that I only have to do this for five minutes. I'm going to pick stuff up and and put it away. And doing that on a consistent basis combats that natural um, reality that things, you know, don't always go back exactly where they were supposed to go the first time. But it's a way for me to keep myself on track by doing that. Bran, I've got good news for you. You hang on. Trisha's going to get your information. We're going to send you, you don't even have to give a gift. We're going to send you, you're a gift in yourself right there in Canton, Ohio. Organizing for the rest of us is Dana White's book. It's a hardback. It's a hundred realistic strategies to keep any house under control. And the forewarning is there's a box on the front of it. And it says donate. (laughs) So one of the things that she's going to encourage you to do is to give things away and do that consistently. Now, I, you know, I'm working on a story right now, and that's why one of the uh, things that I have to deal with is the clutter, and I'll have an idea, and I'll keep it in my pocket. You know, I'll be at the grocery store, and I'll write, oh, I've got to have the character say this. And so then I'll get back, and it, and that writing it tactily, writing it down helps me remember. If I transfer that into the manuscript as a note, you know, someplace, I forget it. I'll go on, and I'll just delete it later on. But if I keep it written on, it has more meaning to me on that note. Um, So how do I keep that under control? Because again, there's that paper thing. Do I have a special box that I put it in? Yes. Yes. You have a box and you let that box be the limit. And that's, that's where it's difficult, right? Because they all feel like good ideas, but you know, having written the books, are they all great ideas? Well, every yes, single every one. single. <laughs> wow. I've never I had think a you're bad the only idea. writer ever. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? It, I think it, I think it's more of an emotional thing, and and it shows that I'm really connected with the story when I'm doing something that is totally different. You know, I was in the in mm-hmm. the ketchup aisle, you know, and I'm thinking about this character. It's like that's a good sign as a writer that I'm still I'm still in the soup of the story that I'm you know that I could do that. So it's not as much as the idea as it is I'm connected with the people that I'm writing about. Does that make sense? Sure, it does. But having that designated place, that's how you're gonna keep up with that, right? Because what's worse is you know, having the idea, writing it down, and then knowing you had a good idea, but having no idea where you actually put it, you know? So it's like, oh no, I had that figured out. I figured it out in the ketchup aisle, (laughs) you know? And then you're going to end up with so much ketchup because you keep going back and hanging out in the ketchup aisle, hoping you'll remember what it was and where you put it. And, you know, so it's having that designated place. And then there's something about it being a designated place that helps you to sort out the best of the ideas. 
it, it, it's, it's a strange thing that happens. That's where you start to realize which thing deserves space in here. Because so many times when I say I'm going to take it there now to this spot, then I identify, I mean, not necessarily talking about ideas from a book, but I identify with this item. Oh, I don't feel like actually walking it over there. You know why? Because it's not that valuable to me. When I first just said, do I want it? Of course, of course it's valuable. Of course I want this item. But when I say, where would I look for it first? And then I, that means I have to go to this place. Well, it's not actually valuable enough to me to walk across the house. So therefore making a value judgment. And again, you're taking us back, kicking and screaming to reality, right? Yes. It's all about reality acceptance. I, I mean, I, I think one of the wonderful things about the creative person, you know, about us is that we, we don't naturally see boundaries. We don't see limits. We think big, but that was translating into a home I couldn't handle. And then it would backfire because I couldn't handle my home. And therefore, I wasn't able to do the creative things that I wanted to do. And so it it all works together and letting the physical spaces make those decisions for me of what actually deserves space here or not, then it freed me to have the space and the bandwidth and the ability to do the creative things that I wanted to do. And if you try what Dana is saying, I know that there are some people listening who's, you know, my house, you don't know how cluttered this is. If you try this and you make a little bit of progress and you see how it feels on the inside to declutter and get that organization going, uh, and, and the declutter is all about it, you will see that you're making progress and there is a lot of hope. Organizing for the rest of us it's our thank you. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Have you heard about the National Abortion Hotline? Back in April, the current administration announced this and it's billed as a support to women's health care choices. I am glad that there's a pregnancy decision line. As an alternative, CareNet is staffing a toll-free support line with people who care about the woman or the man who calls this number, but they also support the life of the child in the womb. This is part of the pro-abundant life approach that CareNet provides every day to people who are asking some really hard questions about life. And many of them say, I don't want an abortion, but I don't see a way out. In this culture, abortion is the answer. CareNet says, no, there are more options, life-giving options. Click the green CareNet button at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. You'll find out more about the pregnancy decision line. And some of the stories that are coming from that are just amazing. If you want to see life-affirming pregnancy decision coaching and pregnancy center referrals to those who are calling a line, click CareNet today. You can sign the pledge against that national abortion hotline. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Click the green CareNet button right there, chrisfabrylive.org. This is just too much fun. It goes way too fast. Dana White, Organizing for the Rest of Us, is our featured resource. Let me go to Kay. Kay is on the line. Go right ahead, Kay. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um. 
I have a big problem with all my paper bills. Um, I have a, um, two of those plastic uh, containers on the wall where I just um, pay my bills and I put them in there and I've kind of been stuck in that system. But I've tried getting boxes and having separate envelopes and files and trying to put them in and um you know, Let me ask you a question, year, Kate. Is it because yeah. is it the bill thing? Is it because you know what you don't want to pay it right now? You want to wait until later when the finances get you know you can't just pay it right then, right? Um. Well, sometimes there is a delay in paying them, but you know the goals. I'm pretty good about getting everything paid on time. It's just after I pay them, I take them and I just I put them in these plastic files yeah. on the wall. I don't know what to do with it. Um, All right. Kay is, Dana is going to help you, Kay. Do just hang on. Dana, okay. what do you say? Well, I think simplifying the system is is key here. Um, and to remember that, you know, the the decluttering process that I apply to every last situation is to start with the trash. Because I think one of the things that happens with paper, especially when it's kind of just an automatic, I've been putting these things in here and now it's out of control and I need to go through it. And the problem with paper is that it feels like it's all going to be important and therefore it's hard to get started. Giving yourself permission to say, I am going to just look through these these items and just look for the trash and give myself permission to get rid of the obvious trash, whether that's into the trash can or into the recycling bin, whatever you have available, I'm going to give myself permission to do that. And when you do that, it generally will reduce the overall volume of it. So, you know, with paper and bills, even just removing the envelopes and the, uh, you, you know, I mean, how many times do you get a bill and then it's for some reason got three sheets of blank paper, you know, that's in there with it. Even just doing that will generally reduce it by about half. And there's something that happens in your brain when you make that immediate progress and it is, uh, you know, less overwhelming to you. And your brain also knows what's in there and what you need to deal with. Because the problem with paper is that it, it feels overwhelming and it feels like you're, not for sure what you need to keep. And so identifying what are the things that I actually need to keep versus what are things that I actually, I have these things already digitally. You know, my favorite thing that I do with with paperwork like that is to save as a PDF. So when you go to print something online, uh, like that's a proof that you paid for something, whatever, uh, and it gives you the op option to print it. Instead of printing it on paper, I'm going to print it in uh, print it to PDF. And what that does is it lets me save it, and I'll have a folder that says Financial 2023, and I have it go straight in there. And then I don't have the actual piece of paper, but I do have it in a place where I can identify it, you know, and find it quickly if I needed it. Yeah, that has let me get rid of a lot of paper. Okay. Uh we're going to do the same thing. You hang on. Trish is going to talk with you and I want to send you a copy of Organizing for the Rest of Us. I just flipped over and looked at some of the folks who are giving here today and I see a, a caller named Katisha. She's given for the very first time because she's got a star by her name. And she says this, there's a place for a comment. I'm ready for my house to be my home. I want to stop organizing the clutter and just 
let stuff go. <laughs> Katisha, yes. you got it. You got it. Uh, she said, it's the same with my life. And then she said, I'd appreciate it if you would all pray for my family. I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure earlier this year. It's changed many dynamics for us. We are continually trusting God to provide, restore, rejuvenate. He's never failed me. So, Katisha, there are going to be some folks who are praying for you because you you called in here and, and you know, you're, you're supporting us. But I think she really did get that, uh, Dana, that, that uh, this is— I want to make a decision. I want to do something about this instead of just complaining about it or talking about it and letting it hold me back. That's that's an important decision to make. Well, and and to to remember that everything that actually leaves your home is something you never have to think about, handle, move, touch again. And there is something incredibly freeing about that because she's in a really difficult situation. And so to know that if things actually leave, it's just going to make her home easier, life easier, which is exactly what she needs right now. Exactly. Health-wise, too. She asked yeah. us to pray for her, so I'm going to do that. Father, you you know yes. what's going on in Katisha's life. And I even see Mary's uh, mention here of, of prayer for her and her family. But I just want to pray for Katisha that you would encourage her today that this idea of letting things go is a really good one and it it can free her up. Would you, we pray for healing for her heart. We thank you that she's got the medical help. It sounds like she's got the medical help that she needs. And if there's some other changes that she needs to make other than the clutter, but lifestyle health changes that you would help her. Thank you for walking with her, that your spirit is guiding her. We're going to trust you for that. We pray just a real blessing on her life and the others who are listening here today who are overwhelmed. Would you take that overwhelmed feeling? Show us what we can do and uh, and give the rest to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, Dana, that's the thing. Anytime we talk about clutter or, you know, weird things that are going on in, in a home, you know, small things, it always turns into a spiritual deal. You know, it's because everything is spiritual. It's all down in there. So thank you for pointing us, giving us a little bit of hope here with our clutter, okay? Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy being with y'all. Dana K. White, organizing for the rest of us. Again, I would love to send you a copy, and we're going to do that for Donna and Darlene, too. (laughs) If you go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, you can scroll down. You'll see how you can give a gift and receive this. Even if you can't give a gift, get in touch with us. We'll see what we can do for you. All right, friend? 866-95-FABRY is our number as well if you want to call through. Join us tomorrow. We're praying for Israel right here on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.